0: Hi mummers or mummers-to-be, I'm Kayla and I'm Tara and welcome, welcome to Motherhood, motherhood Leaked. Leaked.
1: We're two first-time mums leaking unfiltered tales of motherhood. Being there, getting there and possibly
0: getting lost along the way. Let's, Let's chat. chat.
1: May contains swearing.
0: Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Motherhood Leaked. Hi Kayla. Hi
1: Tara. How are you going today? Good. I'm gonna preface to the everyone that we have recorded this multiple times, and we finally come back to Earth. We we are were, went grounded. on a silly escapade into oh my I God. don't know where we went. Um, but anyway, we're here. Week has been going good this week. Um, today's a special day.
0: Very special day. It's
1: Elliot's birthday. Happy birthday, it's Elliot! Two.
0: Oh
1: and God. I just have like all the feels. Yeah, I feel like it's hard for me to explain how I feel right now because I went from being so silly to like just. Oh yeah, we were like you could not get through. No. Anyway. Um, I feel like the emotions of the birthday, it always hits for me the night before. Yeah. They actually have their birthday. Um, but this year was a little different. The first birthday, I remember being emotional that he was one. Yeah. And then this birthday, it was kind of like, I felt like I've had a two year old for a little while. So then last night it was almost like this emotion around how quick the last year has gone Yeah, and to really have a lot of gratitude for the special moments the highs the lows everything because you just think back to when they're one like at Elliot's first birthday he wasn't even walk. or he was taking you know yeah. a few steps now the same time the same place that I recorded that video last year not before his birthday he's now running down that hallway so yeah yeah I think
0: um I mean, it, it really does make you reflective, doesn't it? It does, like,
1: definitely. And I think that's probably the lesson out of it is to just really take in all the moments because it just yeah. goes by in a blink. As mothers always say, it does.
0: Yes. And people, but um, yeah. and I did say to Kayla at one stage, I'm like, Elliot, run to mum. And she's like, no, I'm still mummy. Oh yeah, that was this morning. That was triggering because yeah, he's never called
1: me mum and he started going, run to mum, run. And I was like, where did you get yeah, that we from? We <laughs> just heard two today. Like, <laughs> what the hell? Um, Yeah. So we're mummy still, Tara.
0: Yes. Sorry. How are you going? How's the week? The week has been okay. Um, I did have a call from daycare. Beau got stung by a bee. Oh, no. So they were just kind of monitoring it and wanted to know if he had been stung before. Um, It did blow up quite a lot and probably more than it did last time because Mm. the more you get stung... The allergy can form, or you yep. have more reaction. So I just monitored it. It was huge; like it did really swell up. Um, he coped he with that so well. He did. I must admit, mm. he was a bit of a trooper. Um, but I couldn't even get into a doctor's anywhere, so I just had to monitor. If had have started moving up his leg or anything, I yep. would have taken him to the hospital. But he was pretty good with it. We just gave him some antiseptic cream. Um, I did give him an antihistamine to try and take the swelling down. We gave him an ice bath, put his foot. He let us oh, put wow, his foot yeah, in it. Actually, let you do that. It was amazing. He was playing with the ice and got sidetracked, yep. and his foot probably went numb. <laughs> but I must admit, it took the heat because. It had yeah. so much heat in it, yep. and it made all the difference. So the wow. fact that he let us do that was amazing. Yep. Um, but it's gone down now, but he loves the story. He'll be telling that for years to come. He kept showing Kayla. I think he's already shown you like 10 multiple times today. Multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Yep. multiple times. This foot, this foot.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, um, that's a pretty big highlight for the week, though. Yeah, the Hard one as a mama when they get hurt yeah. in any way.
0: No, yeah, exactly. But he, yeah, he handled it quite well. Good like to said, hear. All good now.
1: Good to hear. Well, today's episode was fun. It was fun. We just finished recording with Georgie. Um, we will preface though. So this was our first interview with a guest interstate. Yes. And our first time as Tara and Kayla being the podcasters, learning how to use Zoom and get the quality of the sound right. Now, Tara and I are very, very very picky when it comes to the sound. Yeah, absolutely. We, we try. Yeah, we try really hard to make the quality good so it's easier to listen to. Not good, great. <laughs> um, so we did test the mics, but I will just say that the quality of the sound isn't our standard mm. however we really didn't want to re-record because there was really good like in the moment such good content content conversation and gems that came out of it and I was I think we were both a little bit like oh you know if we re-record are we going to miss some of that so we have opted to go ahead with it and yeah, we did it our...
0: slightly to hopefully sound better for you yes we
1: have done our best um but yeah just want to preface that so if you can push through with any of the little like techie sound things that come up um I think it'll be highly worth your time oh absolutely
0: Georgie was amazing it's the first time I've spoken to Georgie i would heard a lot about her before yeah Um, but just the insight that she had oh my god yeah so we might just jump straight in
1: we've got Georgie Collinson with us today and yeah let's go
0: If you're based on the Gold Coast, Bump Southport offers a community for all women.
1: Whether you're returning to or starting your fitness journey, Bump has something for you. Particularly if you're pregnant or postpartum. And Tara, should
0: we mention that you can have a shower after a class and even wash your hair while your kid is in the creche? And Kayla, don't worry about a towel because they supply them, as well as tea and coffee and you can drink it while it's hot. I know, this sounds all too good to be true, but head on over to Bump Southport and check them out for yourself. Hi Georgie. you welcome the podcast.
2: I am so excited to be here thanks for having me.
0: That's all right we're so excited to have you and it's our first Zoom podcast so we're um, super excited about that too.
1: (laughs) Yeah you're our first distance guest and a dear friend of mine and I'm excited to introduce Tara to another soul sister of mine. Absolutely. So before we get started and dive into all the questions Georgie do you want to just tell us a bit about your amazing self?
2: Yeah, so I help women with high functioning anxiety. I'm an anxiety mindset coach. I'm a naturopath, a nutritionist, and a hypnotherapist. So it's a bit of a mouthful to say in one go. <laughs> That's a lot. But essentially, I have a method that is called the Anxiety Reset Method. It's now available as a book as well all around Australia, which is really cool. And it's looking at anxiety from that perspective of a mind body soul approach. So We're kind of leaving no stone unturned when it comes to figuring out the root cause behind what's going on with this anxiety and what you can then do to make those changes and empower yourself.
1: Amazing. Wow. I was going to say, you you forgot in your little intro there of all the things that you are author. (laughs) I was like, you didn't say author, writer, because that's (laughs) what you are now. I am an author. I'm a podcast host, all the things. And I would also say a feminine power goddess fairy wrapped all up in one. (laughs) (laughs) So we thought it'd be great to have you join us on the podcast today because obviously whether you're a mum or not, but particularly in motherhood, I know for me personally in my journey, um, it really did again trigger that high functioning anxiety in me. And I've actually been saying in our recent podcast that I actually didn't really realize how much that um, mask and coping mechanisms had popped like had taken over essentially. And I was that in it that it's only really been the last couple of months reflecting on particularly my first 12 months of motherhood that I realized that I'd fallen back into that high functioning anxiety.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which is super common and happens Mm. a lot, especially as the transition into motherhood is such a, well, I'm going to say intense one. Mm, it (laughs) It brings up all the stuff and and any things that we may not have explored or even just the whole idea of reorienting your priorities and self-care and all of those things all has a, a huge impact on the whole thing plus the changes physiologically going on
1: yeah definitely and obviously with your awareness around being a naturopath and like the depletion that goes on on a hormonal level it's like all the aspects come into play when it comes into your anxiety what can be triggering it that kind of thing for anyone who's listening that doesn't hasn't ever really heard the term high functioning anxiety what does that actually mean
2: Hmm. what does that look like high high functioning anxiety I think the best way I've heard it described is being really good at appearing as though you don't have anxiety Mm -hmm. but inside it is a different story there is those worrisome thoughts or that sense that you're always on the go, you can't really switch off. You might notice this need to be perfect or a sense of feeling a lot of pressure to get things done, to be your best self all the time and like you're never really measuring up. So on the outside, we might present this perfect image of I've got it all together and a lot of your friends or friends of friends might look at you and think, wow, she's got it going on. But inside there is this self-doubt or you really feel these dips in confidence and wondering if you're doing it right and all of those things that play into it as well. So it is a lot of stuff. Sometimes people say to me, well, that just sounds normal. Mm -hmm. And it is very, very common. This is something that's been, I think, really normalized in our society that we kind of live on this heightened state of (laughs) nervous tension, but it's not normal it's not where we are designed to be we're not designed to be running on in such a state of that fight or flight mode with our cortisol levels and our adrenaline elevated running on that for fuel for such prolonged periods of time
1: yeah definitely and I think what you said before about um not really even knowing, like or saying oh that sounds normal like normal for me yeah. um mm-hmm. a lot of women even though even in my work I know they come to me and they don't even realize what state they're functioning at. They're like, Oh no, I'm not stressed. Like life's going along really well. And I think that was where for me, when I reflected on that, you know, first six to 12 months of motherhood, I was definitely aware and talking about my struggles, but the coping mechanisms of that high function of just having it all together, not in the sense of like, I would be open and honest about my feelings, but really flying under the radar with my family and friends really like everyone just thinking, yeah, she's got it all together, you know, like not I I guess it wasn't that people weren't even asking for help it's just they don't even offer because you just look like you have it all together
0: and I think as a new mum especially as well you don't want people to think you're a bad mum it's like it's Mm. this story in the back of your head not that if you've got anxiety you're a bad mum not at all but in your own mind you're like I want to look like I'm coping because Mm. if I don't then maybe that makes me look like a bad or like I shouldn't be having kids or I can't cope with being a mum or I think it puts that story in our, our head as well
2: Yeah, and it's so tragic, ultimately, because our society isn't set up to support mothers enough, you know, to check in, to say it's okay to have this day where you just sleep and other people are going to come in and take care of you. And if we go back to tribal times and living in more community groups, more so than we, we do now, that was commonplace. You know, it was normal to have all the other members of the tribe to come in and, and you know takes a village to raise a child yeah and we really don't subscribe to that anymore and our mothers are depleted and it's so okay to feel that sense of i'm not coping given what resources and support we're we're really provided with
0: yeah definitely. how can you like differentiate for some people Like a general worry to anxiety like what is the you know the differentiation i think if i pronounce that right (laughs) baby brain
2: yeah well look anxiety is a part of being a human so we're gonna experience moments of anxiety for example if you are out in a shopping center and you thought your child was behind you and following along and all of a sudden you look around and you can't see them you're going to get a hit of anxiety, aren't you? (laughs) And that's normal. And we want that anxiety there because it's going to help you. It's going to help your pupils dilate. So you can take in more information visually. You can scan the area and locate your child more quickly. Uh, Your ears will be more tuned. You know, all these different things happen for us biologically to help us in that, you know, emergency situation of, I need to find my child. And, Yet, if we're experiencing that more on a, you've woken up on a regular weekday morning and you've just got that, oh my God, I'm dreading my life. But there's nothing you can pinpoint because like you were saying, Kayla, it's like, well, if I look at everything, it looks like I've got a pretty good life. Like I can't complain. And maybe quite likely you had a parental figure or someone guiding you growing up who used to say that to you. You know, what have you got to be upset about? Look, you've got a roof over your head and there's starving kids in Africa and all these things. So we're told that we can't have those feelings or feel, feel that. So you might then do that to yourself and think, well, I've got all these reasons to be happy. We've got a roof over our heads. I've got food, I've got these beautiful kids. What have I got to be upset about? And so you push those feelings down and then the next day, they're there again and again and again. So when we more see this persistence of that state of dread is often the feeling in the morning, like it's it's a kind of I can't cope with this. This is too much for me. I'm overwhelmed. And we're starting to see impacts on usually our physical health as well. We'll notice that we're exhausted. We'll notice that maybe there are more symptoms coming up hormonally, especially around the time before your period. So our PMS. Symptoms and intensity is a good scorecard for how stressed we are. Um, It might be that you're noticing gut symptoms popping up as well or maybe various health things are just popping up because your body is basically telling you the load of anxiety and stress you're experiencing is too much for us to hold. But you might also see it show up in dealings with people that you love. So in those relationships, you might find yourself lashing out, getting really irritable not being the kind of person, not being your best self, not being the kind of person you want to show up as and not being that for your kids as well. Maybe it's those moments where you've got 10 seconds to give them. And then you're kind of like, okay, come on, I've got to get on with this now or I don't have time for this because, Hey, you do have stuff that you want to do. And that's totally understandable, but it's kind of like the bandwidth that you have to offer is getting smaller and smaller. And that's where we start to realize, okay, this isn't just a bit of worry, this is starting to impact my life my capacity how much i have to show up and how much love i have to give and how much me i have to give to the world in my best state yeah. i'm literally sitting here thinking like me me me, <laughs> <laughs> tick, tick,
1: tick. <laughs> i mean look i am actively aware of this and doing things about it but i think again it is that reminder of how this version of anxiety this high function anxiety really slips under the radar like and you just you just get on with your life like you said you know, and I think that's something I love about what you do as well, Georgie, is really looking at that root cause of anxiety. Like where does this all stem from? Because look, if you go through like, if I showed up to the doctor, they usually in Australia tend to to maybe offer the um, healthcare plan where you get some psychology appointments, which, you know, is helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And even in those, again, I've been through that and you get um, given strategies on how to deal with your day to day, and strategies are great. Techniques, I don't want to say techniques, I'd say strategies are great, but really understanding the root and really knowing where that comes from, I feel much like I'm sure you do, Georgie, is where we can start to see that shift out of that yeah. high functioning state and to live life a different way.
2: And it's like we, I often have people come to me who've, if they're like, I'm doing the meditation, I'm doing the breathing exercises, I'm, taking my magnesium supplement every day, because magnesium is beautiful for your nervous system. We do all need a lot of magnesium, most of us, but why isn't it enough? And it's, and then we get disheartened, because we're like, okay, it's not working, and therefore nothing's ever gonna work for me. And we eventually get to this point of, this is just how I am, and I'm just gonna be stuck this way, because maybe that's all you've seen in terms of your own parents um, and how they've kind of lived their life, and that's how they've always been, or your siblings or friends. We've seen examples of other human beings who've just literally stayed in that state their whole lives. And it just reinforces the belief that you can't move beyond this and unlearn this anxiety, but you can. And if we can shift the approach from, okay, I'm anxious right now, how do I calm myself as quickly as possible? Like there's anxiety and I need to get rid of it. That's like a game of whack-a-mole. And I'm like, like, whack down that anxiety, get back down. (laughs) I've got to like breathe now, breathe. And if we're always doing it, we're kind of just, it's like the band-aid approach. It's like sweeping the problem under the rug a bit. And it, it goes away for a period of time or for a few seconds or a day. And it's going to come right back tomorrow until we start to look at what's really going on at the root. And those causes can come from things like chronic gut issues, like gut imbalances. One that I see a lot is something called SIBO. It stands for small intestinal bowel overgrowth. And this is behind up to 80% of IBS cases. Irritable bowel syndrome is actually something called SIBO. It's treatable, it's manageable. I don't know why, but it's not widely recognized or explored in the medical uh, world, Um, even though there's tons of research on it. And I've seen amazing results from people who do have that treated and explored and tested for so that's just one example of a root cause if you've got this chronic imbalance in your gut bacteria that's going to continually have an impact on your brain and how readily you can calm yourself down but then there's this other piece of the pie and that is our mind and the stories of fear that we've absorbed from well before we can usually remember um, consciously and this is the thing so i'm a hypnotherapist i work with the subconscious mind and there are so many things that we've absorbed through our lives that are not ours—fears and doubts and insecurities and self-criticism—that is all driving the way that you feel now. Like if you if you look at your day today and you think, "I can handle this," I trust myself. I'm a good person. I've got a good heart. I've got a lot of love to give. How's, how are you going to feel about your day? You're going to feel pretty. Pretty level, you can notice how that influences your emotional state. But if you think to yourself, typically things like, I can't do this. I am just at my wits end, I'm exhausted. God, I'm a terrible mother. I'm such a bad person. Oh, and then you look in the mirror and you go, oh, like more wrinkles or another gray hair or whatever it is, and we start pulling ourselves apart, the criticism, how do you start to feel? And typically as women, we equate our physical appearance as well with our worth and our lovability. It's like, well, no one's going to love me. Love equals safety to our mind, basically. So the more we are feeling secure in how lovable we are and how much people are able to love us, the safer we feel. Because then we've got the community, then we've got the support, and then you're not in this all on your own. So these types of fears and beliefs are usually deep-seated, deep in our subconscious mind. It's not stuff we can pull out in a talk therapy session. We can talk about all the issues and pull them all out, all the things you're aware of now, but because this is subconscious, it's beneath your conscious awareness now. And it's only in that state of hypnosis that we can go deeper and figure out what's really driving the anxiety. And in a state of hypnosis, we can. We can ask your subconscious mind, what's at the root of this? And your genius, amazing, brilliant mind is so clever. It will bring up these memories that you are like, blows your mind. Sometimes it's things (laughs) you know, but sometimes it's like, wow, I was three and I can see the living room and I can see, oh yeah, I've got this awareness that my mom's just gone out the door and I'm feeling really distressed. And we start to understand what you made that moment mean. And then we get to examine it and we get to change the meaning and make it something that serves you because it actually doesn't matter what you've experienced. It can be the most extreme, horrible things you can think of, or it can be the most mild, like maybe Mum just said a flyaway comment or dad said something about, you know, um, have you had enough to eat? Right? Like you, you come on, you've you, you really got an appetite on you and you start to think, Oh my God, I'm eating too much. They think I'm fat. I need to stop eating. I'm not worthy. I'm not lovable. And the things kind of go on from there, right? How many of us have heard a flippant comment like that said in our lives? And it's all about how you interpreted it. And then we get to change the meaning and we can make it something that empowers you and you can move forward with your life. And then we can really address that anxiety at the root.
1: Amazing. It is so powerful. I've been um, myself doing a lot of that in the last sort of six to eight months. Um, And I've I've talked a little bit about like, not in depth on the podcast, but about that journey for me and really uncovering some stories and things. And it has been so interesting how the subconscious works and how that little voice, those thoughts, they start like, you've got to get so present and so aware with your thoughts because they are really good at like grabbing you and like hooking you and being like, Oh, yep. Mm. Like you don't, don't get too confident, you know? And like, don't get, don't feel too safe, especially. Yeah. If you, it doesn't even matter, like you said, whether you've been through quite a traumatic upbringing or whether it is for you just that trauma of just something so minor that you've that internalized. Mm. Um, and I've shared with Tara before um, some experiences that I went through with, um, and I'll just share it just for anyone listening, because like I said, my um, my that first six to 12 months for me was a lot. Um, I was coping, but looking back it was a lot but as well, a new mum. Yeah. Maybe. As a new mum. Yeah. But very much so when I first got back from the hospital, um, with Elliot. And you know, the first three to five days they say the baby blues can come on. So for me I likened baby blues to like really intense PMS. <laughs> like I just felt like I was on this roller coaster. But something for me that came up recently, I had some abandonment issues come up. Um, in a present day situation, and I had learned to recognize that when I feel those things, it's not actually like I'm not being abandoned and i'm I'm lovable and all those kinds of things, but working through it, um, I really took that opportunity to do um, a hypnotherapy sort of meditation and go inward on that and really see where that was coming from. And it was super interesting because when I brought Elliot home from the hospital, we got back from the hospital about day three, and I looked at the bassinet, and it was this beautiful, woven bassinet that I was like so excited that I'd put in, the you know, in our room like already <laughs> very as a aesthetic. yeah, Very aesthetically yeah. pleasing. Looked at it and just burst into tears and said to Troy, I can't put him in there. It's a cage. They were the words that I used. And he's like, it's okay. He can like in hospital, he was sleeping in the bed with me. Like one of the nurses showed me how to co-sleep. And anyway, he's, he's like, it's okay. You don't have to, but I was fully freaking out. And I just kept thinking to myself, oh, it was just because I was hormonal. When I did this hypnothe- like hypno meditation and I was brought back to my earliest memory of being abandoned, um, I got a flashback memory to, and this is going to sound so well, but I know to Georgie, it's probably normal. <laughs> um, I got a flashback memory to myself as a newborn being in the hospital after I'd been born and my looking, I, I was in the like in a bassinet, um, next to my mother. My mum was quite upset herself. My mum was only 19 when she had me. Um, we've had lots of conversations about, you know, how hard that time was for her, um, And But I looked across at her and I just, I had this like flashback memory that I had been abandoned. I was in a cage. Mm -hmm. The words were, I I feel like I'm in a cage. And for me, that was so freeing in that moment to be like, oh, like it's a story I've created around not feeling loved and feeling that separation between me and my mother, obviously not having the rationale of that whole situation, being a newborn and being, you know, having the child mind, but to be able to see that and, you know, detach from that story you know, and go, oh, no, my and zoom out from that and really see it as my mum being a 19-year-old young woman um, having her own feelings, own emotions, and it had nothing to do with me being actually abandoned in that moment, mm-hmm. um, but also getting some really clear, like just an interesting aha moment around why I came home and felt so triggered by the bassinet and that whole anxiety I had and really even on just having any anxiety around leaving my own child. Like yeah. it was just super interesting. So I thought I'd share that for anyone who experiences anxiety around leaving their children. Cause for me, that was really helpful to get to the subconscious point of that.
2: I'm so glad you shared that, Kayla too. Cause it really illustrates what I'm describing at that like higher level of, like, this is the process and this is what it yeah. looks like. But then to have those specific examples can really exemplify how powerful it is. And ultimately it's like this radical compassion that you can yes. give to yourself because it's like who could blame that little baby you from coming to that conclusion that was so understandable that you would feel that at that time
1: a hundred percent like i love that that like you said about the compassion and the self-love because that's a huge part of what i found coping with my anxiety, not coping actually getting to the root of my anxiety is really yeah starting to understand that i wasn't abandoned as a child because i was unloved and all those kinds of things but sending love and compassion to that little baby version of me or the 10 year old version of me, really understanding what that looks like now, but also to be able to send compassion to my mom, you know, to have compassion for that other person, whether it was a memory that comes back to me when I'm a newborn or when I'm 10 or when I'm Mm. whatever age to really actually zoom out from that situation as just, you know, in the roles of mother daughter to be able to send compassion to both of us, you know, and compassion to that part of, yeah, each of us, it's been super
2: powerful which can be so healing sorry um oh just just saying the same thing (laughs) yeah oh yeah you were on the same line
0: (laughs) um just in terms of like that you know thinking back to that but also going your whole life having little things that may have triggered it as well Mm. of being like oh i'm sensing that again i'm sensing that again to finally get to this point where you're like oh my god it's like just this complete build-up and then you have this epiphany like this moment like it's amazing it is and yeah, i think
1: yeah. um like whether it's motherhood whether it's pregnancy whether it's any time as a like as an adult woman i think you go through experiences in life big drastic changes like becoming a mother i found personally and i think just generally it's a thing where you are going to it does bring up kind of bubble up to the surface all of your trauma essentially mm-hmm. um and i think it can be quite confronting but i know that yeah just through my own experience it's been very liberating to be able to face those
2: parts yeah, yeah. of myself and- And in facing those parts of yourself, you find a part of yourself that you haven't, for whatever reason, been able to love. Mm. And then you bring in that ability to love that part of yourself and give it the space for it to be seen and heard and loved. And going back to what I said earlier, love is safety. Love is bringing us away from that anxiety and into a place where we feel supported and safe and connected and calm. The more we can do that work, the more we are gonna really master that anxiety and get to a point where it doesn't have to affect you so much and even when you're in an anxious state, you're not hating the experience of anxiety or blaming yourself for having that experience. And that in itself just takes the wind out of the sails of that emotional experience. And it's just like, oh, oh yeah, there's some anxiety here wonder what that's there for this isn't my fault I haven't done anything wrong I'm not a weak person and it's an opportunity to bring yourself more love each time
0: yeah definitely and in terms of that like um I guess you know mums who can be ultra busy and um you know struggling is there anything before if they you know go down the track of getting the the proper help that they can implement like on a daily basis um to kind of help with anxiety um whether that be high functioning or
2: Yeah. So it will depend what the root cause is for anyone that's experiencing high functioning anxiety, there is something going on in the subconscious mind. There are some stories we've absorbed, and you only have to look at our society and the way it's set up to kind of see where some of that comes from, like our badge of honor of being busy. And we're always, we never have enough time. And um, we're always meant to be productive and on, like all of that is collective and then it's like, through our families and our upbringing as well. And we'll all have different variations of those messages. Um, The root can also be gut issues and it can be, you know, some some things that require a bit more long-term exploration and work. However, as a daily thing, a place where you can start now, I would recommend just spending five minutes connecting to yourself. And that is so vague. I'm going to give some Mm. more specifics to it. (laughs) Eyes closed, sitting down somewhere where you won't be disturbed. Now if you're a mum, that might be I was gonna say the toilet, but I know.
1: Georgie's not a mum, but she already gets it. Yeah, <laughs> she's like she no <laughs> I'll just say <laughs> like from that mum perspective, like it is about finding you've gotta be curious about your day. So I mm-hmm. remember when I got out of that like um, I kind of got snapped out by a friend of mine, uh, who is a healer who was like really questioning me on that. Like, Come on, like, you know, just about some passion purpose things that I was missing in my life, but also when she was like, you know, you could start to do your meditations again. And I was like telling this story of like, no, it's too hard, I don't have any time. Like Elliot co-sleeps with me, Troy's with me. She was like, put your AirPods in. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want to wear, I don't want to sleep with them. And I had all these reasons why not to do it, but then you just do it. So just get curious with mm. your day. I even find now, like obviously with Elliot being a toddler, it's a little bit easier. If he is like, if I can put the TV on for 10 minutes and I do get that moment to just go and sit and close my eyes or in the morning before he's woken up, if he's laying beside me. So just, that would be my, I guess, drop-in mm. tip for a mums, is just get curious with your day. Don't feel yeah. the pressure like, oh, it's another thing, but just get really curious. Put blippy on. Put blippy on, Flippy, <laughs> whatever works.
2: I love that, Kayla, that's so, so helpful. And so it could look like having your eyes closed in whatever space that can be, mm-hmm. and having a conversation with the little girl that's in you, who is also your child, who also needs your mothering and your love. And it's basically you being that loving parent to yourself. And maybe that part of you needs to be asked, like, how are you feeling today? And yeah, I know it's really hard and I'm here with you and I love you. And we're going to get through this together. So it sounds a bit strange because you're kind of having this split personality conversation with yourself. But also, what this is doing is giving the afraid part of you, the anxious part of you, an opportunity to be heard and seen, to be given some love. That is a form of love and self love. And as you go on, you can develop more and more of a relationship with that part of you. But ultimately, whenever you want to have your own, you know, we have these moments where we want to have our own tantrum, right? <laughs> it's like yeah. the kids are having their tantrum. <laughs> Mommy needs a tantrum. That's because, yes, like the inner child in you needs that space. So how do you give that to yourself? And sometimes it might look like the second you actually tune in, you just start crying. The tears start prickling your eyes. Beautiful. Let them come. Let them be there. Let yourself have that opportunity to express your feelings too because all you're doing is shedding layers of stress from your body. You are shedding cortisol in your tears. Lowering your cortisol levels naturally. It's a nervous system reset. Have a little cry. Let yourself feel it. Let yourself be with that. And it's so healthy for you. It's like doing your workout. Yes. It's uncomfortable, yeah. but we know that it's healthy for us, right? It's the same thing with emotional expression. It's like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Oh, the ball in my throat and the eyes are prickling. But if you ride that wave and you see it and you shift the story in yourself that this is actually really healthy. You can radically shift how your nervous system uh, regulates itself and how you cope with everyday stress and anxiety. Amazing. I love
0: that. Yeah, so that's simple. awesome. It is. Are yeah. you going to give that a go, Tara? I'm going to try. I'm, gonna, I'm one of those annoying people. It's like, oh, what do I find five minutes? But I will. I will give that a Get game. curious. We'll report
2: that. I also have a book that can guide you through as well if anyone yes. wants more support yeah. too, which is a nice way to kind of work through it week by week too.
0: Absolutely. What's your book called? Sorry.
2: Called the Anxiety Reset Method.
1: Yeah, that's what we mentioned at the start, yeah, and so it is like a little Bible it. on anxiety. It's great. I love okay. it. Um, right. So we only have a little bit of time left. Um, at the end of every podcast, we ask the same three questions. We've adapted them a little because you're not a mother yet. Yet. Yes. Um, so the first one is: What do you love most about the work that you do?
2: Mm. Do you know a part of it is the fact that I get to embody that mother archetype and <laughs> yeah. share my heart and and nurture and guide these souls, which is a similar thing that we're doing as mothers as well. Um, but yeah, it's it is it is the moments of helping someone, impacting their life and to help someone see beyond their own limits and their fears that I know what it's like to have that keep you in this little box and how limited you feel and how stuck you feel and to watch someone blossom into all the possibilities that their life can be and to empower themselves and to start going after their dreams and making them happen in whatever that dream looks like. It doesn't have to be winning awards and, you know, making lots of money or whatever. It can be simply my dream is to start my day with space for me and to be more present with my family. Like that's, that's what it's all about for me.
1: I love that. I also love that you mentioned, um, embodying the mother archetype because that is super powerful in that the fact that you're not a mother yet, um, there would be mothers who are either pregnant or, um, or not mothers yet. And there is that opportunity when you're not Mm -hmm. a mother yet to actually embody it and become Mm -hmm. that nurturer to yourself. And that's so powerful before you become a mum. Like I was starting to do that before I became a mother and was like slammed into it like, now. And I think it's super powerful. Like I love that you brought that up. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Next question. And on the other side, what is um, the least, the, what do you like least, about, like least about the work that you do? Is there any part of it that's not, or well, that's hard, I guess? It's
1: challenging because I think it would be a challenging space to work in
2: at times. I mean, I know you're sort of asking this more in terms of the like, moment to moment with the clients but like i love my work so much that really the only thing i don't love is because i run my own business it's the numbers (laughs) that's what i was in
1: my head when i was thinking i was actually leaning towards i'm like surely it's got to be something to do with like the books business side of stuff
2: yeah because anything uh, like there's nothing that can come up in that uh, you know working with the clients i just love it and just recording podcasts and all, mm. creating content it's I only do it when I've got the inspiration to do it and I make it fun so I'm in that fortunate position where I can just play with my work which is really nice but yeah I, I don't have a great answer for that no, no, <laughs> that, that is a great, great answer right. the
0: books I mean that I feel that yeah me too I'm terrible
1: and finally do you have any life hacks for us to help us bring some extra calm into our lives
0: mm
2: Life hacks. The tips kind of question is such a funny thing because it's so like, it's just never enough. Yeah, yeah, like like there's there's so much more to delve into. But I do think starting that relationship with your inner child is a massive hack. But then of course, that's like a lifelong journey. I, what I often think
1: these questions are like hard for some people because it becomes your normal. Like yeah. you don't you even don't know, know what hack. you're doing because yeah. it's like a normal for you.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think carving space for ourselves to just be is super duper important. I was going to say magnesium before as well, because that's just like that is a no brainer in my mind. And you can take that in supplement form. You can also have lots of dark leafy greens and nuts and seeds in your diet as well. Um, Remembering to eat regular meals. I think that's one that we have to be reminded of, like feeding you like your body is also your child. And we we just neglect ourselves all the time. We do <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like have those regular meals and make a huge impact on your energy levels and yeah. your anxiety as well. Massively, and a
1: good reminder for myself as I look over at my half-eaten oh apple <laughs> and I've had a coffee today, and that's pretty much all I've eaten yeah. since six thirty like, this I morning. <laughs> so thanks for the reminder, Georgie. <laughs> Georgie's like, who are you, Kayla? Where have you gone from your old self? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm getting better well thank you so so much for joining us today i, feel I know like it's been could...
0: lovely like lovely to finally meet you kayla's spoken about you so much and finally good to have oh. a chat it was really so
1: important. so wonderful to chat with you guys too i loved it and where can anyone who's listening find you where's the best place to find you
2: well i hang out a lot over on instagram at georgie the naturopath and i have a podcast as well the anxiety reset podcast so they're the best places i'd say Perfect, Perfect. we'll
1: add those into the show notes and we will see you all next week. Wonderful, thanks Georgie.